What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do? We bringing you all the live guests. We bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. What's up, party people? This is Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. Welcome to another fantastic edition of the People's Party. I am the host of the People's Party. I got my lovely co-host, Jasmine Lee. Everybody give it up for Jasmine Lee in the place to be. That's what I'm talking about, baby. How you feeling, Jasmine? I'm feeling great. Got my entourage in the back. It's not your entourage. It's all right. I'm borrowing them for the day. <laughs> now, you spent a lot of time in Atlanta, right? Yes, I love it. My second home. Today's guest, Atlanta, is also technically his second home. He's a very special guest. Some people will, people who know what's up, say he's responsible and an architect for the modern Atlanta hip-hop sound, especially the trap sound. He incorporated influences from the Bay, from the church. He's chopping it up all with the Southern sound and making a, you know, a great mix. He's heavily involved in the careers of artists that we know and love, like Gucci Man, OJ the Juice Man, Lil Uzi Vert, The Migos. He's worked with everyone from JT to Bigger Figure to Usher. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the People's Party, Xavier Dotson, a.k.a. Zaytoven. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, my guy? That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yes, sir. ATL in the house. Uh, yeah, ATL. By the way of the bay. By the way of the bay. <laughs> so, yeah, we had uh, Too Short here recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was giving us a lot of Bay Area game okay. and knowledge. Um, how you feeling, though, first of all? Feeling good, man. Feeling real good. Okay. Good yeah. to see you. Yes, sir. Um, tell us how you got from the bay to Atlanta. Um, well, the same way I got to the Bay, my dad was in the, in the army. He's a mm -hmm. military, you know, military guy. So I'm, I'm what you consider a uh, army brat. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was born in Germany. I've just been moving my whole life. Okay. So we get um, a lot of army brats on this show. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. says something about that. There's something to that with artists yeah. coming from that army background. Yeah. Or, or lack of. <laughs> you keep going. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I moved to the Bay. I spent all my high school years in the Bay Area. So that's when I say I'm from the Bay is is because that's where I, you know, I got my game from. That's why mm -hmm. I really made my name in doing music. So mm -hmm. I say I'm from the Bay. And then, you know, my parents moved, put, moved from the Bay to Atlanta. My dad mm -hmm. retired, said, you know, it's too too expensive to live out here in San Francisco. Yes, sir. Okay. So moved, moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I stayed in the Bay for a couple of years after they moved. Then I was like, I can't afford to stay in the Bay. Mm. Really, you know, I'm I'm buying studio equipment. I'm trying to live out here, but it's too expensive. You need ten jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't like, know if it's still like this now, but at one point it was the most expensive city. I think to live in now. the world, uh, <laughs> partly because of Silicon Valley. Yeah. So, uh -huh. Oh, yeah. I thought it was because of Full House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so I moved to the I moved to Atlanta, man. I, took, I bought studio equipment. I was putting studio equipment on Layaway while I was in the Bay Area, mm. and then mm. when I got it, I ship it down to my parents' house because I know you know they had room for me. In the basement and I can set up my little studio there so that's how I got to Atlanta okay mm -hmm. um now your career started if I'm not mistaken when you met JT the bigger figure JT the bigger figure in the Bay Area yep. shout out to JT tell us yeah. about that uh JT the bigger figure was a guy that was you know he was making independent moves in the mm -hmm. Bay already I'm a young guy I'm a church musician I play the organ at church uh, at the school, I play in the band. I was mm -hmm. just, you know, making up music, playing at the band. So at the football games, I would bring my keyboard and get the drummer, and we would just play songs that you would hear on the radio, you know, just mm -hmm. to have the crowd jamming at the football games. Mm -hmm. JT came to the one of the games and said, hey, man, I need to get you in the studio. You mm -hmm. dope. Mm -hmm. Took me in the studio, showed me how to work the equipment, and I was just in his house all the time just, you know, making beats. Mm -hmm. And it went from that to... Me being making songs for his album right. and the Bay Area, you know, artist album, and you know, I started getting my feet wet. Now you've worked with E Forty, Be Legit, mm -hmm. San Quinn, Messy yeah. Marv. Yeah, is there anybody from the Bay that you haven't gotten in a lab with yet that you want to? I mean, that was that era back then. To me, back when I was working with Messy Marv, mm -hmm. San Quinn, Be Legit, E Forty, them was the top dogs to work with. Mm -hmm. Too short, you know, mm -hmm. do some work with Too Short. So it's like, who else? You know, who else right. you going to work with? Right. You know, went you know to the mean? top. I went to the top. You know right. what I mean? So I don't really know. Now I can't really name, you know, the Bay Area artists. 
you know, that right. I didn't work with. So, uh, first of all, shout out to your entourage because I'm getting secondhand contact up here. I don't know. His camera smells good. I was, uh, I was thinking that I was like, somebody smoking in the office. Right. It's not the office. It's right here it's with right us. Right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Bay and Atlanta mm. seem to be very connected in hip hop. Do you mm. think that's because they're both like the second cities to their coast? Like, you know, um, the Bay is second LA, Atlanta second NYC. I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, I mean that could be the reason why. I, you know what, the the Bay Area and Atlanta just remind me so much of each other, just because they got their own personal style, and mm-hmm. you know, it's something about the Bay. It's like if you're from the Bay, you proud of the Bay because you do you do you do you do stuff different in the Bay than you do anywhere mm-hmm. else, right? Like Bay, the Bay in LA is too. Two totally different places. The Absolutely. Bay is more culture. Yeah, it's Atlanta like more, more culture. culture. Yeah, that's how, it's, it's mm-hmm. like they just remind me of each other. Like mm-hmm. all the way down to the way they dress, the way they mm-hmm. talk, they lingo. It's like you know they similar. So yeah, Short spoke about that. You know when he moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I feel like him. I feel like Short moving. I feel like it was already like that. Yeah. But when Short moved to Atlanta and when he linked up with Little John, mm-hmm. and then because Little John was doing the crunk sound and he mixed it with like blow the whistle was yeah. like mm-hmm. that record. What Short said was Lil John was trying to do a too short record. Mm. Way from the A. From the A, yeah. So he couldn't he couldn't not do an A record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that something about that Lil John too short connection connects the Bay and Atlanta. In Atlanta. It in a real does. way. It definitely does. Um you were born in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, then you moved to the Bay. Um how does that shape your feeling on the current anti immigrant? sentiment that's not just sweeping the nation mm. but sweeping the entire world i mean i, I just came back from europe mm. and wherever you go whatever whatever country there's like a, a right-wing nationalist mm. fervor that's mm-hmm. taken over these countries mm. as someone who's not born here do you notice it and does it affect your life it doesn't really affect me now mm-hmm. but i i know it's, it's it's a real scary thing i'm almost scared to travel overseas a lot of times now i just had mm-hmm. to be picking and choosing which shows i'm gonna do <laughs> you know overseas because right. it just you know it's 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 that type of thing where it's like man i don't want to be somewhere where i'm stuck mm-hmm. and i can't right. get back to <laughs> get back to the right. house so it's happened to slick rick yeah it's like it's too much going on and so. they're um because they, they were also trying to change it so that if you are an, um born an army brother, and mm. you were born outside of the country they're trying to say that you can't get you're not an american citizen like you're not going to automatically get your citizenship mm-hmm. so for you who was born in germany is that like something that you know you would want to fight out about or you speak out on or well i think i was in germany maybe three months um, you know what i mean i don't know it's just nothing. a place of birth it's just a place you of have birth. no connection I, none yeah. whatsoever so you play a lot of different instruments uh not really, not really? i mean i've I play the keyboard. I, you know, okay. I play the keyboard organ at church. Play the drums. Well, I start then you, off playing the you drums. You nice on them keys because the yeah. way you play them keys made me feel like you could play a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like piano players, um, are the best sort of songwriters. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I'm a lyricist. I don't know how to write music like that. Mm-hmm. But I, is it true that you kind of have to know the piano to really be an ill songwriter? Uh, I'm. I, I can't really say that, mm-hmm. but I know it's, it's it's definitely helped me. You know, be who I am. Mm-hmm. Like me, just playing the the keys mm-hmm. has is you know taking me to where I'm at now. I remember like when I, when I was growing up in church, it's like I started off playing the drums, then I wanted to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. But the guy that played the keys is the main guy. If you don't have yeah. a drummer, if you don't have nothing else, as long as you got somebody that can play them key, you know, the keyboard yeah. or the organ, then the service can go on. So. You know that's why I really took to the uh, the keys, and it's, it's you know it had made it it had made my job so easy being a producer because mm. I can I can automatically just make up music you know without even thinking about it. Do you feel like some of your church influences is shown in your uh, music that you make today? I feel like my music still is church music, I even agree. though it's ghetto trap. Right. Rap music, it still got a heartbeat, it got a soul to it, it got a sound to it mm-hmm. that you can you know you can feel it in the music. I still feel I feel it in the music that I produce, and it don't matter if somebody talking about robbing on the song. You mm-hmm. can listen to the music and feel like it's something about it that just you know touch me in a certain place. I they feel got like the well, we talk about all the time. <laughs> trap music is definitely inspirational. Yeah, if, if you listen to the words, it's telling you to get up and get it, get, get up yeah, and conquer yeah, the day, yeah, get that bag. That's yeah. all like you know inspirational music. What exactly. I like about your beats on the inspirational tip mm-hmm. is that. The artists that you do, you do whole projects. You don't just do, make one track for somebody. Yeah. If you do a pro, doing something with Boosie, you're doing a whole Boosie yes, project. Sir. Doing something with Lecrae, you're doing a whole Lecrae project. Yeah. And these artists feel 
incredibly comfortable mm-hmm. on your beats mm-hmm. to the point where like they like you have records with with future that's mm-hmm. really some just straight up church shit yeah it is you know what i'm saying yeah, like lecrae do a whole damn church album yeah with zaytoven yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah. like yeah. even boosie boosie done seen a lot and been through a lot mm-hmm. but when i listen to boosie on your beats mm-hmm. he boosie always raps in a way where he's he's developed it as an artist where he raps to the community mm-hmm. about the community, community yeah. and to the to the youth like yeah. Boosie did that so you don't got to do it yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. but yeah. on your beats it's like he's really preaching like don't we got a song called Church, Church on, on Mondays yeah, right? yeah Church so on Monday as I'm speaking I'm, the song is popping <laughs> in my head you know what yeah, I'm saying so I, that's what my job at church my job is to create an atmosphere so somebody can preach or give a word or testify about something mm-hmm. so that's what I'm still doing the same thing when I'm making you know making rap music right making a platform where you can you know vent or or testify or preach to somebody right oh, yeah. yeah now coming yeah. from the church um and I, I heard that your pops was hard on you mm-hmm. because he didn't really like hip-hop mm-hmm. and i heard in an interview that you said your pops even said for you to still get a job while you were successful yeah. in hip-hop yeah um now you're being very successful i mean you're mm-hmm. the architect of an entire sound mm-hmm. you know um have you have what's your relationship with your pops like through music at this point my dad is my best friend mm-hmm. almost in the whole world That's right now. It's right. like me and my pops hang out with each other. We go to the gym. We go to the movies. Like, uh-huh. we talk all day, every day. That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it was, he admitted, he was just like, you know, it was just a, a spot where he didn't understand. And I was the same way. You know, mm-hmm. we grew up in church. My dad's a preacher. My mom's a choir director. Mm-hmm. They worked every day. You know, right. I see them get up and go to work every day. So. Right. If I see it every day, I'm going to look at myself like, I need to get them to go to work. Mm. And Pops was just reinstilling that into me. Like, okay, you trying to do music, but you need to get out and make a job. You need to make, you know, you got to make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you and me have a similar experience like that. Mm. My parents are educators mm. and I, I dropped out of college freshman year. Mm. I had already, I dropped out for like six months, but then they was paying for the dorm. Mm. So I, I was like, I got to tell them. Yeah. I was oh living in God, the dorm. I, <laughs> I was living in the dorm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Me and John Forte, shout out to John Forte. Mm. And, um, I took him to an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. sat in it. But what I did was, I was smart with it. What I did was, I went and got a job at Incura Books. At yeah. a bookstore. Okay, okay. I got a job and I got an apartment, right? I got a job and an apartment and I sat them down and told them, I was like, listen, um, I'm not going to go to college no more. I'm going to do this music thing. Mm-hmm. And they were educators, so they was upset. But they said, look, you know, as long as you got a job, mm-hmm. like nothing we could That's say. Exactly. And they didn't understand hip hop. I remember my parents at that point was like, are you sure? How could you have a career in hip hop? Like, mm-hmm. that's not really a thing. Dang, like, yeah. is there sh- like, you know, on the Gangster album, I, I think it's, it's maybe a Sinbad that they, they got on there who's mm-hmm. saying, who would have thought that you have rappers get to old age? Like rappers be like, how you like me now? But we didn't, we didn't picture that. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't see the longevity. Too short retiring yeah, yeah, or yeah. Jay Z yeah. getting to, yeah. to 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 his status or mm-hmm. Diddy getting. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't see this. Chuck D is in his sixties. Yeah. yeah, and he's on the road with 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 Prophets of Rage right now. Yeah. So, yeah. my parents was like, they didn't understand it, but through my success, mm-hmm. they got to understand Stand it. it. Yeah. Do you feel like that's the same thing? That's the same exact way. Mm-hmm. I remember. I would, you know, I was using my parents' house to make beats and record. Like, mm-hmm. I would bring Gucci. People that they look at, like, who you bringing in this house? To, what y'all, <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, right. no, this ain't this ain't the place to do that. Right. Uh, it, it it took my parents seeing that, and then I remember my first song was So Icy. That's oh. 2004. Mm-hmm. And it blew up and it's been on the radio, and I got paid $25,000. Mm-hmm. They paid me $25,000 cash, you know, for the beat. Right. Now, my parents, my mom or my dad, Never seen that much money at one That's time right. ever in their life. Mm-hmm. When I got that money, I remember bringing it home in a bag, and I said, wow. I, I had them mm-hmm. help me count it and gave both of them $5,000 a piece. That's when... That's when they understood. Went, they, that's when my dad went from, <laughs> like, this ain't no studio to, hey, do y'all need some snacks? Yeah. 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 Y'all, need some, y'all need some snacks downstairs? What you need? Yeah. Downstairs so. with the tray. Yeah. So. It's crazy because parents, they always wait. Like, they're always like, I don't know. And yeah. then as you get successful, like, all right, I was with it from the beginning. You but I understand it, though. Yeah. I understand because I'm a parent. I'm mm-hmm. a dad. And that's mm-hmm. like, I do that to my son. You know, if he into video games, he into a lot of that stuff. And I'm like, hey, get off of that. You ain't, you going to have to find you a career, what you want to do when you get older. But now people are making Money millions of dollars off of doing that. Games. So I can't just discourage him yeah. from, you know, want to be technical or, or things of that nature. So it's like, yeah, your parents raised you better than they knew they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, That's like it. by you understanding that you could go get this bag doing this hip hop, mm. you were imp- uh, um, using 
implementing values that they gave to yeah, you. Yeah. They just didn't see it yet yeah. until you put that money on the table. They're like, oh. Because in yeah. their mind, he was going to use the values differently. They didn't know the way he was going to yeah. maneuver. Yeah. yeah. To be fair to them, a lot of us didn't. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're a lot of this hip hop lifestyle, we, we are creating this. Yeah. We're creating this idea that young black people from these neighborhoods could be independent businessmen yeah, on no. their own through, like it's never happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Our parents, they didn't have it. They had it. They yeah, had to go to college and get exactly. job security. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, speaking of which, you have a skill um, of cutting hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we had IDK. You familiar with IDK? I don't know IDK. All right, he's in Atlanta. He's from uh, uh, Prince George County. Yes, mm-hmm. PG County. Shout out. Right. Um, he's a very exciting young artist. He he comes up under the wing of um, Denzel Curry and them. Okay. Um, but he got a great album out okay. um, and we interviewed him. But he talked about how he got arrested when he was a teenager. And when he went to jail... Um, he didn't have to join a gang or didn't have to fight because he knew how to cut hair. Mm. And it got me to thinking, you know, how important barbers have been in the community, um, particularly in marginalized communities where we need hubs to uh, come together and gather and commune and, and talk mm-hmm. like the barbershop from from what it represented back in the days to what it represents now. Mm-hmm. And the skills that it represents, the fact that you can just like an artist be an independent businessman, mm-hmm. you don't have to, you don't you can't go to barber school. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, can you do you feel like this, that skill has helped you? Man, that skill has been a, a very big part of my success. Mm-hmm. First of all, me being a barber uh, came about from the guy that was cutting my hair. Mm-hmm. I remember a guy named, his name was Gilbert. Uh, That's when I was living in San Diego. And he used to be fly all the time. You know, he got all the girls. He mm-hmm. used to dress nice. And he used to cut my hair and it made me want to be like him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I want to cut hair. Even though the cutting hair ain't had nothing to do with it. It's just, right, right. <laughs> but that's what you associate yeah, with. Yeah, associate like, with it. Like, now, they see, yeah, they like, see man, the baby on TV like and be like, I want to be like him. Yeah, I want to be like him. <laughs> yeah. So I started cutting my little brother hair. I mean, <laughs> tearing him off the bone. <laughs> I mean, it was the worst haircut you ever want to see. Put the bowl on his head. Yeah, oh, it's like, you know, but it turned into something I, I mm-hmm. love to do. Then I started cutting all the kids, you know, my friend's hair from school. I started turning into a hustle. That's how mm-hmm. I was making my money, cutting hair. The whole basketball team, everybody coming to get a haircut from Zay. So, you know, it was just a skill that developed uh it helped me develop my social skills like you saying mm. ha- having conversations with people learning about people you know what i mean so i went to when i moved to atlanta i went to the hair schools and got my license i said this is something that i do legit. yeah i had right. to make it legit right. you know this is something i've been doing this is how i've been making this is how i've been making my money let me at least go get my license for mm-hmm. it and that's how i met gucci man that's how i oh, met wow. a lot of people that's how i met a lot of people right people know me from haircuts in atlanta before they knew me about from, from making beats but you were cool, so they trust you. Yeah, it's like, come on. I don't remember the name of the shop, but I used to go to a shop downtown back in the day in Atlanta. Whenever I, I would wait till I got to Atlanta to get a cut because the barbers in that shop was so ill. I don't know if that shop was still there. Man, I couldn't leave the barbershop. I had I had Usher Paper's number one song, and I was still cutting hair in the barbershop. <laughs> People coming I couldn't leave. <laughs> Man, I used to be a barber for a day. Uh, <laughs> my my little brother got in trouble because he was being rude to my parents, and they wouldn't take him to the barber shop. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, I got you, I got you." Had about three bald spots. Oh in yeah, there. I, didn't was, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. Um, <laughs> you fuck with Killer Mike Barbershop? Yeah, I just me and Usher went there at, when we me and Usher did our album together. We went and uh, kicked it over at at Killer Mike Barbershop. Got haircuts. Had mm-hmm. media come out there. They was filming, taking right. pictures. Oh, well. Shout yeah. out to Killer Mike. Yeah, I am um, Shot a video with him at that shop and Corey Moe the barbershop back in the day yeah now your sound has been labeled uh not been labeled but your sound is sort of the blueprint for what became what people recognize as trap music mm-hmm. you know and i'm not talking about ti trap music mm-hmm. what date was about, that <laughs> ti gave us the exact date <laughs> yeah yeah of when trap music it was the date that that trap music album dropped mm-hmm. um but you know with gucci um and particularly so icy mm-hmm. um which that record, that record also feels like the Bay that's a little bay. bit. Now that, I, I think was, about I was it. coming fresh from that's the Bay. That's a Bay Area. That's a yeah, Bay Area side. Yeah. Um, but OJ the Juice Man, mm-hmm. at once said, uh, talking about how trap music proliferated, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot even trap before you say you're a trap artist. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists, what do you feel about artists that are making that sound, but maybe didn't live that lifestyle? Mm. It's nowadays, it, you know, anything goes now. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just... It's, I guess it's glorified and people, know, you know, talk about it because everybody now, every rapper that come out now is trapping. They've been trapping mm-hmm. and this Maybe and that. Right. But it's like, you know, they ain't been trapping. <laughs> right, you know? right. But they put trap in front of everything. They put like trap, trap kitchen. It's everything. Trap it's trap everything. You got trap mails. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it became where, you know, you can get away with it mm-hmm. now. Back then it was real street hustlers that was 
trapping and, and you know and that's how they something. made yeah, yeah it meant something so now mm-hmm. it's just like you can say it and it sound cool to the kids and it's like okay we, we'll roll with it it remind me of the era of when um when Crip Walking blew up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like it started Same with thing. just yeah, exactly. gangsters doing it. Yep. And then you had like little kids, kids doing, doing it. Yeah, at the exactly, barbecue. Exactly, yeah. what it is. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. I got to thank you mm. for the record that we did with Gucci. Me and you and Gucci, yeah. Poltergeist. Yes, sir. Um, I ran, I met Gucci at the uh, Hot 97 Summer Jam. Mm. And you know, I was a fan of Gucci, but I, you know, uh, many times in my career I meet people that I'm a fan of and because of my own biases I just assume they're not a fan of me mm-hmm. and um, Gucci was one of the people when I met him I'm like Gucci I like what you're doing his first thing out of his mouth was we gotta do a song together that's it you know when they talk about Gucci his work ethic I could see that because as soon as we met shook hands he was like what's up with this record mm-hmm. and um, he was so popping at that time he had to send me the record with all types of encryptions and mm-hmm. like the records was yeah. getting y'all records were getting stolen oh, off yeah, the internet yeah, definitely. you know what I'm saying yeah. and um, recorded the song and um the verse I got on Poltergeist is one of my favorite verses I ever did mm. because what I'm talking about on that song is I knew that my fans, a large, not, not a large, but a significant portion of my fans was going to mm. hate on that record. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, why are you? Because Gucci is a polarizing artist. Yeah. He's an artist that either you love him or you hate him. Mm. And he represents a sound and a style that if you don't fuck with trap music or you don't fuck with certain type of shit, Gucci represents symbolic that, of that. Yeah, so yeah. you put all, all that you don't like on, on an artist like him. him. Mm-hmm. And fans of mine be hip hop purists yeah. sometimes. And I knew the backlash was coming. So my verse I'm proud of this verse because it really <laughs> did address the backlash yeah, yeah. before it came. So when people st- people was writing whole think pieces about how I was decimating the culture when I did that song yeah. with y'all. Yeah, and I was able to be like, this verse is about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew you was I knew you was gonna what you was gonna say your think piece before you before wrote you it. Said, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um and so, you know, shout out to you and Gucci for pulling me out my comfort zone. Man, you made us you blew us up. What you mean? Oh man, it's a mutual thing, yeah. man. Like y'all, you know. Y'all recognize it's, it's it's game recognized game. Y'all recognize what I could bring to the table, yeah. and y'all, man, that y'all gave me a lot at that time of my career yeah. because I established myself as a lyricist, and I had a couple hits, and yeah. I, I'm a road warrior, yeah. and everybody knows that I'm a conscious artist and all mm-hmm. that. But the fact that what y'all was doing was so official in the streets mm-hmm. that for y'all to reach out to me is like it shows everybody that what we do on the music and beyond the music on, on this like black cultural mm-hmm. shit like mm-hmm. is deeper than what these fans yes, think sir. it is yes yeah. sir you know it yes, correlates sir. together because mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy because if you really sit and listen to street peer people having conversation they're talking about the things that you talk about mm-hmm. in your songs mm-hmm. so when you merge it together with mm-hmm. an artist that they're going to listen to anyway then you're just reaching out to more people exactly what it yeah. is yeah. yeah um how'd you meet gucci uh i was at the barber college okay. like i was going to get my license and i'm a new kid and in Atlanta like you know I got a studio in my mama's basement mm-hmm. so everybody from the hair school was like oh man let's after after school let's go to my house let's go make some music mm-hmm. and I was making music just to make music like I, I, you know it's fun to us that's like a hobby I want to make music so mm-hmm. I can put it on CD we can ride around and listen to it mm-hmm. and um uh a guy by the name of Dre Malik he was there at the school with me but he was friends with Gucci and he brought Gucci over, but Gucci wasn't Gucci then. It was right. just, you know, uh, another guy that's coming over trying to, he brought his nephew over to, to mm-hmm. want to do some music. Mm-hmm. And it turned from him writing songs for, Gucci writing songs for his nephew to, I'm like, dang, he just, he got a, something about him, mm-hmm. you know. So anytime he'll go in there and demo the song for his nephew, I just was telling Gucci, like, man, won't you do it? Like, you rap, you sound right. good. Right. And it just turned from. You sort of vision. Yeah. It just, it, I just like how he, mm-hmm. he was rapping like ABC. Mm-hmm. But it was just, he was saying all the right things to me. Right. And it was just like, it went from that. He was crazy about my music. I was crazy about how he was recording. Then it, he'd call me every day, seven mm-hmm. in the morning. Say, like, you, you up, let's do some music. Mm-hmm. And it just went from us doing that every day to going to the club, performing a song. Oh, mm-hmm. let's press up a CD, let's give it out. And, you know, before you know it, we had a song on the radio. And then everything else was history. Cats who was around y'all at that time and around Gucci at that time describe his work ethic like Tupac-like. Yep. You agree with that? Exactly like that. Because me and him work alike. Mm-hmm. We create songs in 20 minutes. I mm-hmm. make the beat five, 10 minutes. He going to f- either freestyle or write the song, and then we on to the next. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how we do. That's that's how I am today. Mm-hmm. Like, when I work with any artist, I'm like I'm, I'm almost like, okay, let's create a whole album this week because mm-hmm. I'm ready to work. You know, we got right. work ethic. So 
If you go on YouTube and you go down a Gucci Man rabbit hole, mm. you see videos saying that Gucci Man is a clone mm. now because yeah. his work <laughs> I told you, Yeah. My cousin has a theory that uh, this new Gucci Man is not <laughs> the same. Right. Ever since he came out, they're like, oh, that's a new Gucci. Because mm-hmm. he's grown so much. We've yeah. seen his evolution as yeah. an artist and as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that drive comes from for him to have evolved? Like he, he went through a lot of trials and tribu- tribulations and he seems like he came out better for it on the other side. Gucci always been, you know, underneath, he's been the guy that he is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Gucci always been that type of person. He was super smart in school. Mm-hmm. He's super, very intelligent. You mm-hmm. know, he ain't no dummy Gotta by be. far. He's mm-hmm. super intelligent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once I guess that time of him going away, he really, you know, sat down and thought about some things. And we getting older, you yeah. know, we getting older. So he really thought about it. And Gucci know for a fact, okay, if he went away for you know, three years, mm. three, four years, he can't come back the same person he was. Mm. That don't make sense. You're right. You know what I mean? Evolve. That don't make sense. You're right. Yeah, so, and he's smart enough to know that. Like, when I come back, I'm going to be a brand new person because he know that's what's going to make him relevant too. Mm-hmm. That's Somebody, the story. That's the story. Yeah. He got the biggest comeback story in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, what do you think it's so appealing about the sound that you and him created together. I have no, I really think, because <laughs> <laughs> we was doing it, we were just making music just mm-hmm. that for us to love in the hood club. There's a club called Mo, uh, the Libra on Moreland Avenue. Hey, Libras. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks like, she missed Cleo. That's <laughs> <laughs> we was making music just to sound good in that club. Right. That's all we cared about. Oh, if wow. we going in and kill that's the club, story too. that's it. That's yeah. the music we care about. Mm-hmm. So all of our music is was unpolished. It was never just thought out. We were just creating, you know, just being spontaneous. Mm-hmm. All my beats was made in five, ten minutes because Gucci ready to rap. Right. So hurry up and make the beat, man. I want to do a song. All right. right. Now we're we trying to get ten songs done today. Right. So, and that's just how our music was made. Mm. When I first moved to Florida, like, I didn't listen to any trap music mm. or any, like, South Southern music. And Gucci was, like, one of the first people that I really started listening to because it's, like, so icy. It's like, how can you not vibe yeah, yeah, to yeah. it? No, I just felt like the music that we was making was unattractive mm. to people that listen to, you know, regular music. That's like, like, like you said, T.I., you know, had a date on when trap music came out. Mm. He did. I didn't even know what trap music was. Right. I'm coming from the Bay. I don't know what, I don't even know what this right. is. You know, he had a nice, good sounding, you know, quality music that's like, okay, T.I., the right. truth. That, the music that me and Gucci was making was nothing like that. Mm. It was just like some kids in the basement, they ain't got the money to go to the big studio and this mm-hmm. and that. They just creating, you know, just but free But now spirit. you created So Icy in that era though, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a bass sound and, it's, you know, you got you know, mm-hmm. um, the dude Will on the hook, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And that record, it's a big record, bro. Uh-huh. And it's like, a, it's a Southern classic. It's also a lot of controversy behind mm-hmm. that record. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the rare producers who made a record that was so big that niggas started fighting over it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It was that, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> Can you right. break down some of that? Man, it was just, me and Gucci were just so into whatever we did. Gucci mm-hmm. didn't care whatever beat I made, he loved it to death. He gonna do a song to it. Mm-hmm. So when he was telling me that, okay, Young Jeezy wanna do a song with us, I didn't know who Young Jeezy was at the time. You know, I'm Young Jeezy from the was still, still bubbling at that he time. He was bubbling, right? but he was the hottest thing in the street. Right, I remember, yeah, because I was on Warner Brothers that mm-hmm. at that time. And yeah. They was like Todd Moskowitz and Joey yeah, I.E. and them uh-huh. was running down south and come back and be like, yo, what's going on in the clubs in Atlanta mm-hmm. with yeah. this Jeezy dude? Yeah, and, he was going crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, and then when he told me that, I'm like, okay, let's let's do a song. So I made, I came home from the barbershop, made the beat in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Gucci had the hook, you know, singing hook. And I'm like, cool, we'll go down there and do this. We'll meet Jeezy at the studio and record the song. Mm-hmm. Now you can tell when we, when we went down there that when we played, when I played the beat, Mm-hmm. And Gucci started singing the idea. Jeezy was like, oh, I don't really, you know, that's right. what y'all want to do. Right. We can't do nothing else. Right. That you know wasn't I mean? really the it style. Wasn't, and I knew that, but mm-hmm. Gucci was so confident and bragging on the on me so much that it was like, okay, we got to do that. Mm-hmm. We, that's what I mean. If that's what y'all want to do, then we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Before before the night was over, with everybody in the studio was trying to write a verse to get on that song because mm. it just sounded like oh they got a hit it like yeah. A hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and and I guess once the song became what it was you know, even though Jesus was the hottest thing in the world at the time mm. so Icy was one of them songs to be like okay all your music is going crazy but this right here is a hit mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that's when I think you know the, the they started getting getting into right. it about the song because people didn't know Gucci as much as they knew Jeezy right. so people feel like that's Jeezy's song right and they're and, like hold on that's Gucci's song they that's that's 
correct me if I'm wrong, but that drama is pretty much over and dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's over with. Yeah, definitely over with. That's good. I like both of them artists a lot. Man, I work with Jeezy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on a lot of stuff here, not, you know, not long ago. Okay. And I remember Gucci being like, say, that what you did with Jeezy was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, beautiful. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, You seem to have an ear mm-hmm. for like breakout hits. Like Versace was the same type mm-hmm. of thing with mm-hmm. Migos, right? Yeah. How do you connect with them? Uh, I just, man, it was a, a artist of mine that I used to work with. Well, I still work with him all the time by the name of Young L.A. He had the song called Ain't I featuring yeah. T.I. and oh, Young Bro. But this is Good like record. my artist. This is my artist right. from when he was, since he was 16. Right. So, and I, he was just, he's so dope to me that I respect his opinion when he talk about other music. And he mm-hmm. came to my house one day like, man, say these young guys rapping on your beat going so crazy talking mm-hmm. about bando, whatever, <laughs> you know, right. and coming from him. I'm like, oh, I need to go look it up. Right, right. You know, so when I go look up Migos, I see Quavo uh, rapping. I, the first video I seen Quavo just rapping it, you know, just a ceiling fan going. He was in the house and he was just rapping the song. Mm-hmm. Then they had a little video and I was like, man, this is so hard. Mm. So I wanted to find him. I went looking for him. Oh, they had wow. a brand new style, right? They just, it was just, you know, they just, Quavo reminded me of Gucci so mm-hmm. much. I'm like, he's just hard. He's just dope to me. So, so do you feel like you, did you feel like you saw the vision with Migos immediately? Did you understand how big they were going to become? No, I didn't. I okay. never, you know, you don't never understand that. You just mm-hmm. know it's something that you like that. I know I was attracted to it. Like, hey man, I need to find them. Mm-hmm. I showed Gucci. I, before I met them, I showed Gucci. I said, man, you got to look at these young guys right here. Mm-hmm. Gucci seen the video and like, boy, Zay, they super hard. You mm-hmm. need to find them. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened. I was going out to a club with OJ the Juice Man. He had to perform and Amigos hey. was there. <laughs> And I'm going up to, to the uh, VIP booth, Quavo coming down. Mm-hmm. He stepped on my foot. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him like, oh, snap, I've been looking for you. Right. Wow. <laughs> and they like, no, I've been looking for you. <laughs> that's like TV. That's, that's a TV. Right. It's like it's a commercial almost. Okay, so yeah. you're going to be in the Migos movie. Yeah, exactly. When they do the movie, and they do the to. biopic. I'm going to play Zay so Got to. <laughs> Got to. Uh, talking about OJ the Juice Man, mm-hmm. like his sound was really different than what was coming out of Atlanta back in the 2000s. Tell me more about that. OJ the Juice Man was... A guy, now, Gucci went to jail for the murder case. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just a producer without an artist now. Mm-hmm. I'm just a you know a guy like, dang, we was making some noise. Mm-hmm. Gucci, Gucci locked up for a while. But OJ was from the same neighborhood, and he had just got out. And he had rapped on one of my beats. You know, back then, I'd give out a beat CD with 40 beats on it, just giving it to anybody around the city, just because mm-hmm. I want artists to be rapping on my beats. That sound like Jay Diller. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, man, mm-hmm. I you know, take these beats and rap on them. He had a song called Everything On Me. Mm-hmm. And at that same club, the Club Libra that where me and Gucci go all the time, he had the club on fire with that song. I remember song. that record. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, nah, this is the guy. I'm finna, that's what I need to tie in with Juice. Mm-hmm. Right. Me and Juice start working every day. If you go back in the day, Gucci first couple of mixtapes, OJ first, it, maybe if they first three, four mixtapes, I was doing every beat on every on every mix that's how you became the architect for that sound that's it that's yeah. how I became that's how that sound became yeah you know what I mean so they rapping on every and they didn't pick beats you know we recording at my mama house you don't mm-hmm. get to come over here and pick no beat that you like <laughs> or you don't like right you gotta rap on the beat I made right you know what I mean and that's so how you, you you creating like you the like you quarterbacking I'm quarterbacking I'm just right. making the beat but right. I'm not I'm not knowing this is finna be the sound for the next century, mm-hmm. you know, I mm-hmm. just I just know this is what we like, this type of music we like, and we just keep making songs back to back to back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question because it's it's so interesting because you came from a church, your mom, your mm-hmm. father's a preacher, your mom's choir director, and you work with like some of the hardest, the hardest artists. Like you're saying, uh, you know, Gucci went to jail, mm-hmm. OJ just came out. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you transition to working with this dangerous crowd, called, quote unquote? I, I I I just feel like that's a position that God put me in, cause. Uh, I'm I'm nothing, you know, I don't do the same thing these guys do. Mm-hmm. But I'm so comfortable and I'm these are the type of people I want to be around all the time. Right. For some odd reason. And these guys brag on my lifestyle. Like Gucci the first time, every time we go to the studio and he introduced me to somebody, hey man, this is my producer Zaytoven. He don't drink, he don't smoke, he don't cuss, he don't <laughs> that's that's his intro to, and that's, I'm like, dang bro, you ain't gotta do all love. that. But it just he appreciate, he appreciate his, your influence in his life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's how we got so close. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we like we go everywhere with each other. We now Gucci is a known robber. Now this is the mm-hmm. no, he gonna run up in your house. He mm-hmm. gonna take something from you. Mm-hmm. But this is the guy I'm with all the time. And I just felt like you know that's just a position that God put me in. I remember going to church, and a lady prophesying to me. Uh, 
a lady named uh, Diane Farmer, and she was just saying that my sound is going to be great or you know, my sound is going to be heard over the nations. Mm-hmm. And to not be afraid of where, you know, wherever I'm going or mm-hmm. the people I'm around, the places I'm going, mm-hmm. you know, I'm covered. I be I'm I'm, I'm gonna be covered. So don't even worry mm-hmm. about it. Cause I've been in trap houses. I've been to places that I probably shouldn't have been in. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know what's going on over here. Right. I'm innocently over here about music. About music. Yeah. So um, Atlanta in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Usher has been very 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 good about staying in touch with the times mm-hmm. and knowing which sounds is hot, particularly in the club. Mm-hmm. Usher like going to the club. Oh, oh, yeah. Usher, Usher will be in the club, making love in the club, and then he'll confess, <laughs> and then he'll go back to the club and make find another girl love. in the yeah, club yeah, yeah, and yeah. make another few records about that girl in that club. Yeah, yeah. And um, he tapped into your sound, right? So you won a Grammy with Usher yeah. in 2011 yeah. on the Raymond versus Raymond album. Yes, sir. How did that come together? Um, at the time in Atlanta, around that time, around 2010, I just remember like my sound being just dominant. Mm-hmm. If you turn on the radio, if it's the hot eight or eight, mm-hmm. six of the six or seven songs of them, it was mine. You know, mm-hmm. me producing all just the different artists around. So the uh, the writer Sean Garrett reached out to me. Shout out to Sean Garrett. Yeah, man. shout out to Sean Garrett. He <laughs> reached out to me like, hey man, I, you know, I never heard of him before, mm-hmm. and all my music come from me working at my mama basement with the artist. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, so I don't know who all these people are. Right. I don't know who the writers are, none of that. Mm-hmm. So I went to the studio. He like, man, I need some beats, man. I'm working with Chris Brown. I'm working with Usher, this and that. And I'm like, okay, bro, whatever. Here, take some beats and you know, <laughs> and right. do what you do, whatever. You know, I never thought twice about it. He wrote the song Papers, you know, for Usher, and he was telling me like, Zay, we got a hit, we got a smash mm-hmm. with Usher, and I'm like, yeah, okay. He was telling me that for three months. And I'm like, man, come on, bro. Okay, good. Okay, cool. We got to mm-hmm. hear with Usher. I didn't believe it till they, you know, it was like eight months later. He called me like, hey, man, so they want to go with the song. It's going to be his first single. And I'm like, oh, you for real? That was the sound of the street at that time. I though. know it, but yeah. I still, you know, it's Usher. I, yeah. people, girls should tell me I look like Usher back in high school. So it's like me working with Usher is like that's something. <laughs> I ain't thinking about that. That's, you know, that's on TV. Right. You know, that's that's too far away. Right. So... The fact that they came and said, oh, this is going to be his first single, this and that, it just blew my mind. That's like, so when I, I remember they playing the first time on the radio, they kept playing it back. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, snap. I done made it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, this is my first time I feel like I done made it, man. Right. I, I did a song with Usher and it's on the radio. Wow. Yeah. Um, I want to run through some of the artists' relationships that you have. We talked mm-hmm. about Gucci and we mm-hmm. talked about Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, Future. Mm-hmm. What's it like working with Future. Future is mind blowing. Mm. Like he's one of those artists that I go to the studio, and he make the hair on my arm stand up. Wow! Mm. Just listening to him and watching him just create, mm-hmm. it's like it's something you never seen before. Mm. It's like I can give him a beat that I feel like that's not even that great of a beat, mm-hmm. and he'll get in there, man, and listen to it for ten minutes and start saying something. It's like, bro, he got to be living on another planet. Because mm. <laughs> I don't know Hendrix. what's making him yeah, come remember when with. Future first came out, he had the astronaut suit on? Man, you know what's so crazy <laughs> now? Listen, uh-huh. what's so crazy is Future used to come to my house. Mm-hmm. Rocco would bring him over. And I would take Future verse off some of the songs. Because uh-huh. I didn't like, I was like, oh, that just. Right. You didn't Rocco see was, was so hard to me. It's like, right. uh, I don't like his verse on there. Mm-hmm. Man, when Future caught that vein, uh, which is, I think it was Dirty Sprite, even though I was on every mixtape from mm-hmm. Future's first mixtape. You know, I was on I was on his first, it was uh, 1000. Mm-hmm. Man, when Dirty Sprite came out, it's like Future just was like. That changed the game right there. But right now, there. I'm talking about now. Right. Forget back then. Right now, I sit in the studio of Future and it just blow, it blows my mind. I also want to know about working with Lecrae because mm-hmm. Lecrae been in this business for a long time. Mm-hmm. He put in his work as a as an artist in the industry before he even had a hit record mm-hmm. and i used to see him on the road and i'm not a christian at all mm-hmm. i think being a christian rapper mm-hmm. is very hard to do mm-hmm. because there's a lot about rap that just don't like a lot about what a lot of rappers do that just don't fit within the values of of mm-hmm. of, of, of traditional christianity if you're mm-hmm. trying to if you're trying to speak the word mm-hmm. like how lecrae do it mm-hmm. it's hard to do mm-hmm. that boy got lyrics he do like he got flow mm-hmm. He get on stage and rap with the best of them. Yeah. He does not compromise. I've never, I, I've never seen an artist rap about Jesus mm-hmm. and be dope mm. in the way that Lecrae has done it. Mm-hmm. Not before him, not after him. Mm-hmm. No one has done it since. Mm-hmm. And then even like he had, I don't, I don't know the names of his hit record, but he had a couple hits 
before he got to work with uh-huh. you, right? Uh-huh. But even even that, like he didn't rest on his laurels. Uh-huh. Like he, when I hear the music y'all do together, uh-huh. there's no compromise. There's no compromise from you. Uh-huh. There's no compromise from him. You know, people people always talk about religious trap music, uh-huh. but I think he's he's come the closest to doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I was I'm almost like you. I almost felt like I, I'm a. I'm a church guy and mm-hmm. I listen to gospel music. That's mm-hmm. my, man, I listen to gospel music more than I listen to anything else. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear no rap gospel music. Mm-hmm. I always felt like that. It's like, man, it's going to be, that's corny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you, like you say, when you meet a guy like Lecrae that can really nail it mm-hmm. and not make it corny and and still be, you know, dope and flowing mm-hmm. and really rap and really put, you know, songs together, it was just like the perfect match. Now, I never thought about doing, you know, a gospel rap album. I wanted mm-hmm. to do gospel music, but I, you know, I wanted to do, you know, churchy music, yeah, like yeah, gospel yeah. music. You know what I mean? But I always feel like, you know, God, you know, put things on my path. He always sets me up to do something that you that I didn't know I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. That's what keep me excited about doing music all the time because I don't know what's next. I don't know what I'm finna do next. Right. You know what I mean? So it keeps me it it, it, it you know fuels my fire of just even just being creative. Right. So like me and Lecrae working on part two right now. Oh man, I love yeah. that first man. Uh, so it, it blew my mind. It's like I'm working with Lecrae. I didn't know that. I didn't know too much about Lecrae. I mm-hmm. knew he was a big gospel rap artist. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into. I don't listen to yeah. gospel rap music. Most of us don't. You know, <laughs> Le, to, yeah, yeah. Lecrae is Lecrae is dope enough to where it's like it don't matter. It don't whether, matter. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So it's like okay, now I can listen to this and don't feel a certain way about yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. what is it about my generation? or people who like purest hip hop mm-hmm. that they don't like or don't get, what is it that they don't get about Lil Uzi Vert as an artist that they should respect and appreciate? Mm. And I ask that because like Gucci, he's polarizing, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just, I, I have to say it's, it's so new. It's just mm-hmm. so new. I had to, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost in that same phase. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of learn to respect, you know, the generation that come after me. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like the, what, what we doing it meant so much mm-hmm. or it it cost us more. Like right. I'm a producer. I was just talking about this on a panel yesterday. I'm a producer that in my studio, I got drum machines, I got keyboards, I got sound modules. Mm-hmm. I do all this to create music. When another producer can bring a laptop with nothing, no keyboard mm-hmm. or nothing and just start clicking buttons mm-hmm. and make a beat. And it's almost like you almost want to downplay what he's doing because mm-hmm. like, bro, anybody can do that. Right. Like, you cheating. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, anybody can do that. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's 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 you have to respect that. You got to respect it, yeah. and it's working. Right. So when you got guys like Lil Uzi Vert or all the young guys, because like my son, the one turned me on to all the young guys. Mm-hmm. Like he the How one old keep, you son now? He's thirteen. Okay. So, so he want to tell right, me who right, you supposed to work with. He know the hot yeah. shit. He yeah. know like right. okay, daddy, that's cool you doing, but you need to work with this person. Yeah. And when I listen to the person, it's like man, that's who you like. That's what you like. Right. But then I have to really sit down. And listen to these people. And then when I go work with them, mm-hmm. I find a whole new respect for them. Right. When I went and worked with Lil Uzi, I'm like, oh, I see. This, he's amazing. The right. guy's amazing. You know what I right. mean? So you can't. I you, asked that because I had the same experience, of course, mm-hmm. like just from the place in hip hop I come from. Mm-hmm. When Lil Uzi, Ver, Lil, Lil Uzi Vert first came out, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Yeah. But then when I seen the work he was doing the over, over a certain amount of songs, I was like, okay, I get it. But I can see how people who fuck with me still don't That's get it. They don't get it. Yeah. It's funny because uh, Instagram and social media has kind of changed everybody's profession down to like yoga teachers or even mm-hmm. like uh, self-help coaches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like now you can get beats like on YouTube yep. or Instagram or anything like that. Do you how do you feel about that shift? I mean, I I think they made the game where it can, you know, it can definitely be watered down because. Now you know you can mm-hmm. you can put you can get your beats on YouTube. You don't gotta go see a. a I could go get Zaytoven. Zaytoven beat. Yeah, you don't gotta go see Zaytoven no more. Right. You can go on there and get the Zaytoven type beat, and it's gonna sound pretty much just the same. Almost. That's how same. you know you made it though, right? Yeah. When you get the Zaytoven type beats. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but you rather get sell your <laughs> own. Yeah, beats. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather sell my own beats, but you know that's I mean that's just the way of the game now. So it's it's like. I mean, all the way down to the clothing industry. You know, if something is working, people are going to make the copy. They're going to copy it and then add something different. Right. And then it's like, so the creativity is getting drained. I feel like creativity is getting drained, you know, out of the music industry because mm-hmm. of technology. Mm-hmm. But that's just how, that's, that's the way the game go. It's mm. funny because like with food, because I'm, I'm a chef, whatever. So mm. like you have Heinz ketchup and they have Heinz ketchup. That's the big name brand. But then they also have like, 
generic ketchups that are still made from Heinz, but just uses a little bit cheaper ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, it's like, that's ever something like rappers or producers do want to do. Like, you know, you have your main Talib brand or your main Zaytoven brand, Mm -hmm. but then you like throw out beats that are cheaper on YouTube so that you can still compete. That's like MF Doom when he'd be sending out the imposter MF Doom. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to still get the bag, but they didn't give me enough Mm -hmm. money. So I'm going to send out the the dude in the mask. Yeah, but you don't have your name under it, but it's still like, you know. same thing. I never thought about doing nothing like that. I'm just a guy that's, you know, mm-hmm. I want to keep my name and my brand just, you know, if it's Heinz, it's Heinz. I ain't, I ain't do nothing right, cheap. Not, yeah. <laughs> not trying to cook it, cut it, or nothing none, none like that. that. Yeah. None of that diluted water nah, down. Nah. Um, I've heard you say often, and we spoke upstairs about this a little bit, mm-hmm. about staying relevant and creating a lot of content because people's attention spans is, is, is less now. Mm-hmm. And just sort of serve being in service to the people, right? Mm-hmm. The people want the, the pr- product you learn from Gucci. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. It's like a hustler mentality. Yeah. It's like, that's what we're going to create. But what about the concept of decreasing supply to create more demand? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked to you upstairs about, like, people like Dave Chappelle and Most Def, mm-hmm. people who are my uh, peers that I hang out with. Mm-hmm. But I'm on social media a lot. I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of songs, mm-hmm. a lot of things. Mm-hmm. These guys pull back so that when when you do see them, mm-hmm. it's a lot more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we agreed that those are two different strategies. Yeah. Um, but how do you how do you find that balance of overexposing yourself? So, uh, you just gotta know. I have to feel like you gotta know your demographics and know know your audience. Mm-hmm. Like guys like that, they know they can pull back for two years and then come back, and everybody gonna be crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. I can pull back for two years and then you won't ever hear me again. I can right. try to come back. It's right. like, man, that's your time over with, you know. So it's all about knowing your, you know, your, your demographics. Gucci understand that. Me and Gucci got the same demographic. We understand that. Mm-hmm. What's going to keep people interested in us is us keep feeding the people. Mm-hmm. If you stop feeding the people, we fit, they feel like, oh, you fell off or you mm-hmm. ain't got nothing else. So, you know, I, I just, it's just figuring out who your audience is, I feel like. Sometimes if you go on a week, they feel like, oh, yeah, you go on for a week. It's like, oh, he quit. He stopped. Yeah. yeah. They, they, don't, they pay attention to what's popping on the blog right now. Right a second. Right and now. then something else distracted. Then you yeah. go to your Facebook, something else. And then you go to Instagram, yeah. something else. Something and, else. You know, there's a lot of content, but that's a, that's a good problem to have. You have yeah. too much content to sift through. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we complain about a lot, even in the streaming era, like, you know, back in the day, I used to have to get on a bus and go down and buy a white label. And, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that I could pull music out the air in the streaming era is good. It's convenient. It's convenient. Um, but, what you what you gain in convenience, mm. you lose in sound quality and creativity. And 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 you can lose in creativity. Mm. I agree, but I think uh, for producers in particular, you're losing credit. Mm. Um, you know, when I first started with high tech, high tech taught me how to find the vibe because I was more like, "Where's the beats at? Let's go." I was like, "Gucci, yeah. where the beats at?" Beat high tech would be like, "Slow down. Mm-hmm. Let's create a vibe in the studio." So I appreciate mm. learning that from him. But it was very important for me in that era to be like. High tech did the beats. Mm-hmm. It's when you saw the album, it said quality and high tech, and then mm-hmm. you could buy the vinyl, you see high tech, mm-hmm. and you see him in the video. And then after that, there was the era of like the Neptunes and 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 certain and track masters, and certain people had certain locks or certain sounds where mm-hmm. it's like you knew you didn't even have to, you know, Dr. Dre in particular. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. didn't matter who got on the beat, you know, like yeah. you, if it was a Dr. Dre production, you knew he was getting some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now in streaming, like if I go to if I go to a Gucci Man page. Mm-hmm. Unless Gucci saying Zaytoven on a track, which mm-hmm. he does a lot. Mm-hmm. If I go to st- listen to Gucci Man Spotify, mm-hmm. I might listen to a bunch of songs and not know or care who did the beat. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And what do you think we can do to remedy that? Well, nowadays, producer has tags. You know, that's how mm-hmm. you kind of identify mm-hmm. who made the beat. Mm-hmm. I started doing tags years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Just because people would make beats that sound like mine. They'll sell beats that sound like mine. And they say that that's a Zaytoven beat. And it's like, I didn't make that beat. Right. So I had to, you know, I started making the tag so people know, nah, that's Zaytoven beat right mm-hmm. there because the name is on it. So, um, I mean, I think that's that's the best remedy for producers now is having a tag. So if the if the artist don't say your name on it, your tag is on it. So, you know. Right. Have you had problems with people trying to uh, to sell beats and say they're like yours? Because there's a rapper in Atlanta and... Uh, I can't remember what his name was, but his manager had to like go in because they were like people were selling uh, tracks or whatever and it's saying that they were them mm-hmm. just because of social media. And you could just email over a track and you don't know. Do you have you ever had any problems with that? I had so many problems. I had people that then I mean, on the streets then bought beats mm-hmm. that supposed to have been Zaytoven beats. Mm-hmm. 
and they not my beats. It's somebody that made some beats that sound like me and took the tag from somewhere and put it on the beat. Wow. <laughs> and they'll come to me like, well, Zay, we just wanted, you know, wanted you to do a drop or something, man, because we bought right. these beats. And I listened to it like, I didn't do that. I, I don't know where beat. you got that from. It's like so, bootlegs on yeah. the corner. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of that going on, too. Wow. Herbie Lovebug, um, who put out, produced for Salt and Pepper and Kenna Play and all them, mm-hmm. put out them groups back in the days, Chub Rock and all that. He tells a story about going to the club, Salt and Pepper was supposed to perform at. He's like, nah, they at the crib. Mm-hmm. And he went to the club and it was Salt and Pepper. It wasn't Salt and Pepper on stage. It was <laughs> wow. two, two other people dressed as Salt and Pepper. <laughs> the other and shakers. Said, right. You know, it was uh, Rosemary and Thyme. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that... Um, he got kicked out the club trying to tell the promoter that that's not really Salt and Pepper. So that's been happening in the game. And they sang Salt and Pepper crazy. songs. Yeah, they were doing push it back Shut in the days. There was no, back in the days, you there was no you know internet. Internet, yes. Like so push it on the radio, you could you look. Know. That happened to Missy. Yeah. There was a dude that Shut. went to jail. Because he was impersonating Missy getting checks. Wow. A dude with finger waves. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he was slick. Thing. That's slick right there. Um, tell us what's in the future for Zaytoven besides you and me doing some work together. Nah, me and you definitely got to yeah. do our project. Man, put me on uh, a track. I'm trying to rap too. Rap, do an intro? Yeah, man. Yeah, Let's go. do it. I mean, I'm into, you know, I, what, whatever God has for me next, man, I'm always, you know, game to do it. Like mm-hmm. I just did a BET show. It was called The Next Big Thing. I never thought about being on TV every week. Mm-hmm. I just did a show uh, called Next Big Thing. Uh, I do movies. I'm working on this uh, comedy movie right now uh, called Finesse 2. My guy Al Nuke, you know, he direct and, and write movies, mm-hmm. you know. So he got me acting in movies. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all this stuff, I'm enjoying myself. I'm really enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy making Ain't music. Ain't that the point? That's the point. Yeah. And, you know, so, like, if me and you do a project together... Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy getting in the studio and us just coming up with whatever we come up with. Right. That's the next bit. That's the next thing for me. Right. You know, so that's what I'm on, man. Uh, tell me more about this trap round table that you're doing. So I think it's me, Shawty Red and DJ Toon. It just I guess it's a round table discussion about, you know, I guess they, they calling us pioneers of, of the, you know, the trap sound or the, mm-hmm. the music. I know DJ Toon was is T.I.'s producer. Mm-hmm. Shouty Red was Jeezy, Jeezy producer. And then I'm Gucci Man producer. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, wow. you know, that's all the three guys out of Atlanta. Or, OG know. Tag Masters. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, excited that we have round tables that are around hip-hop and are around black people in politics as you've had, like, recently the Revolt Summit. Yeah. Obama had his mm-hmm. own um, summit. We have a trap round table. It's like so many different layers mm-hmm. and uh, outlets for information for young black people. It's, yeah. it's really amazing. Speaking of that, um, do you see yourself in the future ever sort of providing that type of space or platform for younger producers? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to be in that space. Matter of fact, what I want to do uh, next year, I was, I'm trying to create a um, a school almost, mm-hmm. a Zaytoven, you know, curriculum where you can come in and learn how to get in the game the way I did, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I went to some building, it was out here in L.A., and they had the... Um, they had a, a live music room. They had a classroom. They got studios. Mm-hmm. And I vision that same thing for me. Because mm-hmm. I do something that's called producer's camp where mm-hmm. I have wow. students, I have guys that want to produce come in and I just show them. I give them the game. I show them how I create, you know, how what they should be doing mm-hmm. to try to make it in, make it in the game. How can producers get in touch with you for that? Oh, uh, it's all on my IG. Okay. Like my next date might be in January and I let mm-hmm. them know it might be in LA. And it what's your be- IG? Uh, Zaytoven Beats, Z A Y T O V E N B E A T Z. Yep. So yeah, check me out, man. That's I always amazing. do classes. I probably do them like three times a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, a wonderful producer, a gentleman, and a scholar. Give it up for Zaytoven. All the people's party. Yeah. Thank you, Zay. Thank that you, was man. awesome. When you ready? I'm ready now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready now. I'm, I'm, I'll come. To, I'll fly to Atlanta.